Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Hawkman number 13. Cover date, April, May 1966. Cover price, 12 cents. Cover artist, Murphy Anderson. Edited by Julius Schwartz. Featuring Quest of the Immortal Queen. Writer Gardner Fox, Art Murphy Anderson. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Midway City is attacked by robot Viking frost giants commanded by Alvet, Queen of the Alfheim, who directs robotic birds to attack Hawk Girl while Hawkman deals with the giants. Using a golden bugle, Alvet spirits Hawkman through the Bifrost Mist to Alfheim, a land inside the Earth. Fleeing there from the surface following a devastating nuclear war in the far future, the inhabitants have discovered immortality. Alvet has previously collected champions from Earth's past, relegating each to suspended animation when she got tired of them. Mentally compelled to try to win her love, Hawkman is forced to test his worth by fighting a mystically powered Viking ship sailing in a floating river. After this, she tries to give him the kiss of immortality, but Hawkman fights her off by thinking of his true love, Hawk. Girl. Confused? Don't worry. Previous work friend Chuck is here to explain everything. Carter Hall, scientific genius from a far off world, flies into action as Hawkman, winged wonder, who would squeal his faithful fighting mascot, hit his arsenal of phenomenal powers against both earthly and interplanetary foes at peace. Hawkman, the winged Avenger. Hawkman, policeman Katar Hall from the planet Thanagar, and his lovely wife Shayera, also known as Hawk Girl, also from the planet Thanagar, also a police woman. Uh, they dress like hawks, and they've come to Earth to study police methodology. And they're freaking awesome. They are. Um, Oh, Chuck's here, everyone, by the way. Previous work friend Chuck. Good morning, folks. Now just now just Chuck, because we're unemployed. Although by the time you hear this, things have been looking up. <laughs> Let me check my email. <laughs> <laughs> so Hawkman is my number two. Right. When we're talking favorite superheroes. And it was Aquaman, of course, mm -hmm. Hawkman, and uh, Green Arrow before he got diluted. So who is Green Arrow? I mean, I was very sure who Green Arrow was when I was a kid, but now is he a millionaire that yeah. has ultra-planning and strategy skills like Batman, or is he the people's hero with the bow? Um, but Adam was number four. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yeah. 
Um, that's interesting. I was never much a fan of Green Arrow. I mean, I didn't dislike him. But I did love Aquaman, Hawkman, and Adam. Mm-hmm. And the reason I loved them was because they hardly ever appeared. You I had to really seek them out. I think same. In Okay. I think same. Interesting. How do you feel about Ethel Mertz? <laughs> Never heard of Ethel Mertz. Oh, I Love Lucy? Oh, no. Hmm. Betty Rubble. Well, she's hot. Okay. <laughs> but, um... Uh, didn't Pebbles and Bam Bam, weren't they teenagers in one season? Yep. I like that. Um, I bet you did. Scooby Dumb. Nope. I only saw one episode starring Scooby Dumb ever growing uh-huh. up and could never find it again. And therefore I thought he was the greatest thing ever until as an adult I found it. Right. And like, this is some stupid shit. Yeah, Scooby Dumb and Scrappy Doo. Both. Uh, or the ruination of Saturday morning cartoons. Mm. Um, where was I going with that Ethel Mertz question? Oh, I'm just wondering. Uh, I always like people that either don't appear very often or don't have a fully fleshed out backstory. Hmm. Like Betty Rubble. But see, I think that uh, Aquaman, Adam, and Hawkman all have very fully fleshed out backstories. Well, now I know that, but in the 70s, when you, they hardly ever appeared, who knew? Granted. Yeah. That's, uh, Hawkman was awesome on Challenge of the Super Friends because you were like, who is this guy and what does he do? Right. He's not allowed to carry a mallet, a uh, mace. He's not allowed to punch anybody because nobody could ever punch anybody in the Super Friends. Right. But he could flap his wings. He flapped his wings. Um, also, he never wore a shirt, so right. I liked that. You know who's even more awesome? Hawk girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, exactly. She's awesome. Are you enjoying my shirt today, Bob? Yes. Chuck is wearing a Hawk Woman t-shirt. Of course, she was not Hawk Woman until the late 80s. Right. Would you like, uh, would you like me to make her fly? <laughs> Can you? Wow. <laughs> she looks more like she's been injured somehow, and she's, <laughs> all she can do is move one wing. <laughs> um, Hawkman and Hawk Girl, as previously mentioned, came to Earth to study police methodology and then uh, inserted themselves into the management of the Midway City Museum. Because why not? Yeah, that's how you get a secret identity. You just go out there and take it. Mm-hmm. Giving them access to all kinds of precious works of art, uh, otherwise known as ancient weapons, which they just take from the museum and use yeah. to their heart's content. Well, Bob, they are the good guys. That harkens back to the original Hawkman from the 1940s, who was a wealthy playboy but also the reincarnation of an ancient Egyptian prince. And so he had a collection of ancient weapons, which he and his fiancée, Shiera Saunders, used to fight crime. And he was an awesome ass-kicker. Yes. Every issue, he just beat the hell out of everybody in sight. <laughs> um, so by the time we roll around to this, in the 60s, heroes are different, and they got to use their brains more than their brawn. Right. So reading this Hawkman, he's not throwing the punches like he did back then or, or today. 
Uh, so we're kind of at an in-between point of brutality for the character. Wow, you've put a lot of thought into this. And Hawkman? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what else am I going to think about? <laughs> In the 80s, when I found my first comic book store and the idea of back issues, which was a whole uh, amazing revelation that you could buy old comics. Right. So I started in first focusing on Aquaman and then going to Hawkman, and uh, it broke my brain a little bit because all the covers seemed eerily similar because he took up so much of the cover, mm-hmm. the Hawkman figure with the wings and everything. And every cover, it was like, okay, you've got to, you've got so much Hawkman on the on the cover, right? So here's a little bit better because the giant frost giant is in the foreground, pinning Hawkman and punching him, and he's got a weird eyeball thing happening in his <laughs> hawk mask. There is... Oh, we'll talk about that later, about how the mask works, exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, there is something very appealing about this cover, the color mm-hmm. palette. Mm-hmm. Red background, purple street, white frost giant with red hair, and gold accoutrement. Well, he's got blue skin, but he's covered in white frost. Oh, right, right, right. So you're like, what the hell is going on? Uh, And don't forget the logo, the awesome Hawkman logo, where he is looking at you all kinds of flirty. (laughs) There on the left of the H. Right. Hello. The little dimple in his smile. Hey, baby. I got wings and no nipples. (laughs) Let's go to town. <laughs> you want to see my mace? <laughs> I can't imagine why you're not getting more play from your phone interviews with a voice like that. <laughs> uh, on the splash page, story by Gardner Fox, or by Murphy Anderson, uh, a mythical earth land locked away from the sight of mankind, out of which emerges a legendary woman on a fabled winged horse seeking a champion warrior to spirit away as her mate. And when Hawkman is chosen, there is nothing he or his wife Hawkgirl can do to thwart the quest of the immortal queen. Was Aquaman married yet before Hawkman debuted? I don't think so. No, no. So Hawkman would have been the first married Superhero in regular, I think so. Play, but his marriage didn't happen on screen. Like, right? They came to Earth married. Right. And much like last week when we discussed Adam and his transportation, there is another on this splash page, vaguely shimmering vagina. (laughs) I didn't take it like that, but. Despite using his mallet. Okay. Um, well, I've never seen one up close, so I'm going to have to take your word for that. A mallet? A vagina. Oh. <laughs> no, I've seen plenty of mallets if you get my drift. You should Google it. <laughs> the internet might be able to help you. I'm really... Um, there's so much to look at on the internet. Just don't have time. Page one. Giant blue creatures are traipsing through the woods. They're actually dancing, as the sound effects are clearly helping us understand. Thumpa thumpa. <laughs> Tra- traipsing through the wooded 
uh, slopes of Hawk Valley. Is that a regular location? In Hawk Actually, Valley? it is, and it springs from the Golden Age appearances. Um, both Big Red and Hawk Valley were uh, Earth Two Hawkman oh. stuff in the in the old Flash comics. I didn't know that. So I was surprised to see them pop up here. Uh, the forest rangers are up in their tower watching these giants uh, trample the woods. What's his first thought? I better call Midway City. Yeah. Can I alert the authorities? Right. Not the... Why Midway City? Is it nearby? I thought you were going to ask why you didn't go for the closest slingshot. (laughs) (laughs) I know how to handle this. (laughs) Um, So across the wires goes the desperate alarm to the mayor, police commissioner, and eventually to the Midway City Museum. Where else would you call for trouble? Right. Yeah. Oh, but wait, the commissioner knows, right? He knows. That he's Hawkman. Okay, he knows. that's why. Hawkman pledges to get on the job at once, donning the Thanagarian police uniform that gives him on Earth the dread name of Hawkman. An awesome shot of the Hawkman helmet perched on the back of his head, uh-huh. not pulled over his face yet. Do, um, was there an explanation of why the alien policemen dressed as hawks? Or was Uh, it just a happy coincidence that they had hawks on another planet? (laughs) Yes. I mean, uh, the the planet Thanagar was attacked by the the hawk people. Right. Who shot beams out of their... um, The man hawks. Right, the man hawks shot beams out of their uh, masks. (laughs) (laughs) Masks. Yes, but I, I... can't remember if that that um, inspired them to don wings or they had wings before. Because, and originally Hawkman's father invented the belt and the wings, right? To uh, set up the start a police force because they didn't have one. And uh, uh, Hawkman himself took the wings out and grabbed one of the masks, so they okay. could say, "How do we handle this threat?" So then the, uh, a rookie is given a mask without wings on the head. Right. And in fact, in Hawkman's first Silver Age appearance, he did not have wings on his head. Right. He had to earn them. But his wife did have wings on her head. Yeah, did her she outrank him? Her mask is entirely different. Yes. Um, it's a 60s comic, so I'm sure she did not. I'm In my head, though, she does. Cool. Uh, head cannon. So the giants now are attacking the outskirts of the city, knocking down buildings. So once past the splash page, when we're on this page of dancing frost giants Uh and panicking forest rangers, uh, last week when we were talking about Gil Kane's work on the Atom and raving about it, Yes. and I'm reading this second, and I would have told you verbally to your face that I prefer Murphy Anderson to Gil Kane. Um... And I guess I do that because remembering from the 80s, Murphy Anderson had a clean line. Gil Kane was kind of muddy and whatever. Right. This artwork is not as good. Agreed. It is very crisp and clean, detailed. It's got more of that Perez-like detail line work that uh, that I grew up enjoying, but there's no dynamics. Right. That 
that frost giant punch to the building is kind of lazy. There's no uh, motion, as Dr. Husband would say. When you reach for the phone, you could be reaching for the damn phone, but this guy is just strolling across the... (laughs) Uh, Murphy Anderson artwork always reminds me of, like, 1950s in-shape, out-of-shape people. Right, Right, right. Everyone looks very thick. Gotcha. Uh, and not cut. Gotcha. Not like the atom reclining in a pool of plant chemicals, as we saw last week. So, Bob, you're a pretty tall guy. Yep. If you walked up to a structure that was twice as large as you, yep. could you push it over? <laughs> uh, I guess if I had two of my burly friends with me, maybe. Okay, good. But it seems like it would crumble long before it got to the point where these frost giants are tipping it over. Hmm. Because there's nothing structurally bracing it on the backside. Right. That we we know of. They are ripping a building right up from the foundation and tipping it over. And here comes Hawkman with a big hammer. Right, not his usual mace. He went with something different this time. Uh... Not too flustered to think of puns inside his head. Burr, those frost giants would send a chill up anyone's spine. Guess I'd be better off with an ice pick than this medieval war mallet I brought along. Uh, Which immediately betrays him. Right. So, the frost giant grabs him by the hammer, which is tied to his wrist by thong, and then punches him. Again, no no dynamism in this punch. Right. It doesn't look like it hurts at all. It looks like it doesn't he's look surprised like it connects. more. Um, but rather than saying, holy crap, I'm only a guy with wings, I should go call Superman. Uh-huh. That is not what Hawkman does. Nope. Right into the thick of it. Um, he's able to counteract the force of the blow by just flying backwards. Which is awesome. Yes. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the belt made of nth metal that actually gives him the flight. Yes. The anti-gravity powers. And just the wings are used for maneuvering. Yes. Okay. So. Not completely useless. He uses his wrist-humping power <laughs> Yes. to mount the frost giant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Looks chilly. There's lots of movement lines here. <laughs> right, yes. uh-huh. right, right over his bubble butt. Uh-huh. So, yes, he's uh, riding the gigantic fist <laughs> of the frost giant. <laughs> Turning his anti-gravity belt up to full power. <laughs> That's a phrase right there, Bob. You need to keep using that. What? Riding let's, the fist? Let's ride the gigantic fist of the frost giant. <laughs> uh, and he's flying the giant frost giant up into the air with his increased gravity belt power. I didn't realize he could do that. Yeah, I, I had a flash digest where he lifted a car. Well, I think he could lift a car just because he's super strong. No, it was all by his nth metal. Okay. Belt. But um, 
while he's doing this, even more impressive, the Frost Giant's beating the crap out of him. Right. <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, and it looks like, I'd have to zoom in, but it looks like the Frost Giant is spanking him. Yes. Saying, stop humping my wrist. <laughs> what, what kind of warrior are you? <laughs> so Hawkman releases his grip. Frost Giant drops to the ground where it's revealed that it's a robot. Just as Hawkman deduced. Uh, Hawkman goes to uh, defeat the other two frost giants who are blowing frozen ice crystals out of their mouths at him. But Hawkman... Don't blow frozen ice crystals at Hawkman. Because the Flying Fury will whip his wings send the ice pellets back towards them. Every time. And then just start pounding them with his hammer. Here comes Hawkgirl. She missed all the excitement. But then, were we going to talk about all these uh, names that they keep using for everyone? The nicknames like the they come up for, with for Hawkman are unique and awesome. But this one I've never seen for Hawkgirl. The Pinioned Princess. That's awesome. <laughs> I've seen him referred to as the Pinioned Paladin. Okay. But I haven't ever seen Pinioned Princess. That's going on my spreadsheet. <laughs> Your spreadsheet of nicknames of Hawkman? Yes. Okay. Uh, just as Hawkgirl arrives, also a woman on a flying horse with a winged helmet and a trumpet. Ta-ta-da, ta-da, is the sound of the trumpet. That was excellent. Bob. Thank you. I'm a professional. People should hire you to do voice gigs. Well, they might be doing that, so stay tuned. Um, Hawkgirl realizes that she looks just like a Valkyrie out of Norse legend. And indeed she does. Except, I don't picture Valkyries as being this covered up. I picture Valkyries, this gal's got a one-piece bathing suit on. I picture just, you know, like breast cups made of metal. And that's it? Well, and a... Uh, you mean like a metal thong? Bikini? Yeah, like Red Sonia. I, I was always um, uh, prejudiced by... Uh, Marvel's Valkyrie in the Defenders yes. who was almost fully covered head to toe. Not at first. She had it started with a black bathing suit with breast cups. Yeah, but I mean, the bathing suit would... Uh, there was no cleavage. There was no... Fine, fine. She, I, I thought you'd go along with my idea of just metal breast cups. No, that's it. she's not from... Um, she's not from Themyscira. <laughs> The uh, bugle call was intended to summon ravens to attack Hawkgirl. Which seems lame at first that Hawkgirl would have trouble with this. Right. But is really super well done in the comic. Yes. Because the ravens come off as a a really, really dangerous threat. Uh, Even as the aerial ace... That's all, girl. Rises into the upper air. The ravens start firing their talons out of their feet. Sharp, burbed talons. Yes. Uh, while Hawkgirl is distracted by the ravens, Hawkman is being sucked into the aforementioned... Shimmering vagina. Shimmering vagina. Which we saw on the splash page. And what will happen... Well, if we get through all of these ads, we see that Hawkman is uh, being transported to another world. 
Witnessed by Hot Girl. In a full page, full page splash. Um, not Gil Kane, but still very impressive. Very nice. I do like these 60s comics when the stories are divided in chapters. We mm-hmm. usually get a splash page at the beginning of every chapter. Yep. Quest of the Immortal Queen Part 2. This gal on the horse is taking Hawkman to another world where he will become her husband. And I like her shimmering, transparent cape mm-hmm. there. Uh, we call that gauze, or <laughs> in case somebody gets hurt. <laughs> yes, it's like a sheer curtain. Now, if you say, well, I got wings on my helmet, I immediately think something cool like Hawkman, but her wings on her helmet are not cool. No, they're little tiny. Yeah. Uh, they're decorative only. Yes. Uh, Hawk Girl witnesses Hawkman. Um, she's battling the ravens. One of the ravens sprouts a third leg to oh, fight her. <laughs> only she can rescue him. Only she can sense that unless she works fast, she will lose her husband forever. Yeah, the third leg sprout is quite the attack. You wouldn't see that coming. <laughs> so to speak. Out of my way, Raven. I'm going after that man-hunting female. We are setting up for a girl fight to beat all girl fights. So Hawkgirl grabs the ravens, dives at full speed down into the lake. The Midway City Lake. Under the water where the ravens are... uh, They're like, oh shit. Yeah. And also turn out to be robots. Just as the Frost Giants were. She was going to ask the ravens... Yeah. What happened to Hawkman? Because she can talk to birds. But she only gets the click whir tick. Right. Luckily... She doesn't have to shrink to get the water off. (laughs) Nope. Just flap her wings. Now, she flies up to space... Where they have an orbiting spaceship... Orbiting above Midway City. Uh... Oh, by the way, Hawkman and Hawkgirl have a giant spaceship orbiting Midway City, which they used for their headquarters. Within their yellow and green spaceship that has uh, stars on the nose cone. Awesome paint job. Yes. Uh, They have a device called the Absorbiscon. Would you like to explain what the Absorbiscon is, Chuck? Well, Bob, it will give you all knowledge on the entire planet. Okay. Super scientific knowledge prober. That might come in handy. Yeah, and unless you get a panel like this last one where you've got Hawko going, I've drawn a blank. <laughs> no one on nope. the entire Earth knows what the hell you're talking about. So she flies back to Earth. Oh, I should also mention, they've got some kind of uh, special treatment on their skin, right? So that they can fly in space for a limited amount of time. I know as Thingarian policemen they've been conditioned to uh, uh, to withstand the rigors of space. Of course. Uh, she flies back to Earth to find Big Red. Who's, who's uh, a falcon of some kind, right? Yep. Or maybe a hawk. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> but he's covered, he's colored like Red Wing. Right. Uh, Big Red, who she says has helped them in other cases. Is that true? 
You say it was a yeah. myth, too. Yeah, big red. I don't know if the, this is his first appearance in this uh, Silver Age Hawkman, but okay. he was all over the Golden Age. Um, now, I also loved that Hawkman and Harper could talk to birds, and they always made noises like, wheat, chirp. Well, in the Silver Age, they can talk to birds because the Absorbiscon gave them the knowledge. Right. In the Golden Age, it's not explained how the hell they're talking to the birds, <laughs> but they are. And Big Red has a girlfriend. What? And there is one story where Hawk Girl and Big Red's girlfriend are bemoaning how their men have treated them. <laughs> And then have to go save save the boys before the You've end of the opened story. up a whole new world to me. <laughs> Those Golden Age Hawkman stories are really worth it. I'm going to look into those. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> Big Red just explains that uh, Hawkman has been taken to this other world. If you go into this other world, Hawk Girl, you will never come out. Hmm. Sounds like a dare. So in she goes. <laughs> yeah. Don't dare, hot girl. <laughs> uh, she flies right in without a care in the world. Well, don't forget to mention, because I missed it on my first read, she has the absorbus gone around Looped her neck. around her waist. Is it her neck or her yeah, waist? On her neck, like a necklace. Okay. It's just a really long yeah. cord. Mm-hmm. Uh... So, now, what about Hawkman? Well, he's been taken into this uh, world called Alfheim. Bless you. Thank you. And he's been knocked unconscious because the first time someone uh, enters Alfheim, they're knocked unconscious, apparently. And, uh, by the way, Scooter will send you. That is so jarring. I did not know what was happening I was like, did someone draw on this? Right. I have never seen them embed an advertisement like that. But a big push in these comics lately for Swing with Scooter, which is a new series that's going to be coming out. And we'll be covering when it pops up in the rotation. But in the meantime, almost every comic we've looked at in the past few weeks has had something hidden somewhere about Scooter. Yeah, well, this, this isn't hidden. <laughs> this is floating in the damn clouds. Um... So this is a full-on uh, Norse mythological kingdom, even referencing the Bifrost Bridge, which in this case is a shimmering vagina. When you said full-on, I thought you were going to finish your sentence with uh, adolescent fantasy. Uh, <laughs> that you, you wake up shirtless in some random room in this awesome bed, and here's this... Gorgeous woman with a transparent gauze cape. Right. Saying, I've captured you, I removed pieces of your clothing. And But uh, oddly, not the straps across your chest. No. I found the secret button that jettisons your wings. <laughs> and uh, I I of all the men on earth, you're the one I want to marry. Straight up adolescent fantasy right there. Is it? I have to take your word for it. <laughs> um, but I want to marry you, but you have to pass a bunch of tests first. 
If you fail the test, you die. If you win the test, you have to marry me. But, but what if I'm already married, Bob? It doesn't matter. Uh, you better not tell her at this point. Right. She's, you want to protect your wife's. Simply have to dispose of her. Now, I find all this next narrative very interesting. Girl Warrior, what's her name? Does she have a name? The immortal queen? Alvet. Alvet explains that in the future, uh, Earth will fight a devastating interplanetary war. The survivors will retreat into the center of the Earth, which, as everyone knows, is hollow and contains a fully uh, biosphere that can sustain human life. Which is researched science, Bob, because yes. yeah, the ancient chronicles like the Historia Rerum Angelicarum mm-hmm. and the Chronicum Angelicarum call mm-hmm. this interiority, interior the Earth St. Martin's land. I didn't Google that. Is that true? I Is that accurate? No. Well, it's in the comics, so I'm right. grabbing it. So the people from the future retreated into the center of the Earth and uh, created a civilization based on North myth- Norse mythology from which this woman stems. Now, when she travels back to Earth, she goes uh, either to the past or the future. She can't go back to her own time. Do I have that right so far? Mm-hmm. Now, why I find this interesting is because in the 70s, DC Comics had a series called The Warlord in which a man from the surface went into the hollow center of the earth, which was not Norse, but was very mythological. Yes. Sort of uh, sword and sorcery with dinosaurs. There's also the land of Pellucidar. Was that DC Comics, though? That's Edgar Rice Burroughs. Right. Um, And it shows up in Tarzan, too, so it's a very early example of uh, a shared universe. Okay. So, and there's Journey to the Center of the Earth, so not a new concept. Right. Just interesting that it both... Of these DC Comics, I wonder if there was any cross-pollinization there. Also, because the warlord had a winged helmet. That's what made me... Uh, his is much cooler than hers. Absolutely. Also, he was uh, shirtless and wore just a loincloth, so... Yes. All of that checks out. <laughs> and who was his friend? The uh, cat lady that wore just a tiny little fur bikini, but oh. she could turn into a cat? What was Shakira. Shakira. Wow. See? Something for everyone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Talk about your adolescent fantasies. <laughs> uh, so, not to interrupt your story, yes. but I don't want to skip past this shot um, at one page earlier of her showing Hoffman Alfheim. Yeah. Uh, this gorgeously rendered... This is what would make you love Murphy Anderson. Yes. It's very... Uh, Prince Valiant-esque. Yes. yes, there's no dynamic posing, but it's not really needed. To, uh, it's just gorgeous to look at. Yes. Agreed. But not poster-worthy. No. Uh, but it would look beautiful in the Sunday comics section mm-hmm. of the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
I've already forgotten her name. Alvit. He can remember it by remembering that backwards it's Tivla. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> she explains that while she can freely come and go within the mist to get back to the surface of the earth, she always goes to the past, never to her own time or to the future. And she's got the bullet bra. She's got a bullet bra. She has uh, gone back and forth to Earth to collect men to be her possible husband. So, they've all failed the test, and she's got them all trapped in blocks of ice. From left to right, we have a caveman, a Nazi soldier, uh, Gary Concord the Ultraman from the future, (laughs) a knight in armor, Joe Lewis... No, Joe Lewis was black, wasn't he? Yep. Uh, Kid Palooka. Okay. <laughs> and a Roman gladiator. Not Big Ben Bolt. All of whom have failed the test. I, all of that checks out to me except the boxer, who's still wearing his boxing gloves. They didn't fail the test. They did. Did they? No. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. They were her husbands. They were her husbands, and each one she grew tired of. She's a regular Liz Taylor. <laughs> Making her even more enticing. So at what point during this little origin tale do you think, oh, she's batshit crazy. (laughs) None of this is true. Well, we haven't gotten a close-up of her eyes yet, so we don't know if she's psychotic or not. Right. She's got Gene Loring on speed dial. Uh, So she mentions again that Hawkman's going to have to take the test of champions in order to prove himself worthy to be her... One, two, three, four, five, six. Eighth husband <laughs> that we know of. Well, there's an ice block behind her. You can see the corner of right. behind her hair. There. Um, actually, that's a great shot of her. If if any drawing in this whole book has a little bit of motion, this is the one. Hmm. Of her walking and holding a spear. Yeah. But just look at the way her hair is flowing in the yeah. cape. Yeah. Her, the haughty mm. angle of her face. Yes. yes. Really conveying that um, while she may be beautiful, she's not desirable. Oh. Because you look at her face in these pictures, and you can say, logically, okay, she's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but there's something negative here. You know what my mother would say? What? Beauty is as beauty does. (laughs) Okay. Meaning you can be beautiful on the outside, but if you're a horrible person... You're not beautiful. Hmm. At least that's the way I took it. Anyway, look up yonder, Hawkman. You'll see the river Ifing that flows in midair. As it rides the great ship, oh, on it rides the great ship Nagulfar. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Your test is to defeat the ship and preventing it from making one full circle of. Well, I think it's just like a lazy river in the air. Yeah, which, right? is, like a water park. which is awesome. Uh, the ship has strange mystic powers, so if it succeeds in returning to its starting point, you have lost. And uh, Tevlar, what's her name? Alvet. <laughs> Alvet. Alvet. <laughs> Tevlar. <laughs> Alvet will have to take his life if he fails the test. But just... if he wins... You will become my consort and help me rule Alfheim. Just think Tivla, Bob, and 
Go backwards from there. Uh, <laughs> here's a new piece of information. You can't escape. If you win, uh, a mental dominating machine will automatically compel you to fall in love and marry me. Adolescent fantasy. Yes. Agreed. I couldn't help it. <laughs> it was the mental dominating machine. The devil made me do it. Uh, and now we have the best panel in the entire book. Which? On the next page, when Hawkman swoops in to destroy the <laughs> ship. Oh, yes. <laughs> and talk about denoting motion. He's getting attacked by the oars of the ship. Which suddenly turned to rubber. <laughs> he is getting just bitch slapped all over. <laughs> Thunk. It's like the, uh, what's uh, that tree in Harry Potter? The tree that comes oh, alive. Oh, the Whomping Willow. Yes. Uh, one, quack, 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 thunk. One of its karate chopping him in the crotch. Uh-huh. Face. to the chin. This is where I started to wonder about his how his helmet works. Because when he's getting punched there, you can sort of see up inside his helmet. Mm-hmm. I just always wondered where his eyes yeah, where so the eye holes are. We must discuss that. I mean, a lot of pictures, it's like, well, he's obviously looking through the nose. Mm-hmm. And the eyes are of the helmet are up on the head. Right. So, But then why depict the eyes moving? Right. Like, it, like they are on the cover. Or why widen them, like, in surprise when you get bitch slapped by a frost giant? And even in this bottom panel, when you have his uh, face in profile shadow under the helmet, mm-hmm. you could postulate that the, he's actually looking under the nose mm-hmm. of the helmet. Now, these days, I would just say, well, the eyes on the helmet have cameras in them that transmit the right light to his eyeballs. Now, originally, in his first couple of appearances, the helmet did not come down over the eyes. Correct. And that was a cool look. Well, I don't know what to think now. (laughs) We've done nothing to alleviate your concerns. Maybe he's blind. Maybe he navigates by sonar. Did I ever show you the Hawkman helmet Lori made for my son Alex for the Comic-Con? No, I think you showed me a picture. I still have the helmet because it's freaking awesome. And my wife Lori can do anything. Right. Well, I guess girls are good for something. <laughs> uh, Hawkman, uh, well, there's a Viking on board ship who throws the steering wheel at him, which Hawkman catches and smashes against the prow of the ship. I don't know what that's supposed to do. Oh, no, it's the rudder. He, He's smashing the rudder. He thought he would smash the rudder, and the rudder smashed him. Ha <laughs> ha. Guess what comes next? He's going towards the prow, which has a giant dragon head. Body bruised, hands stinging. He moves towards the dragon prow. Uh, I don't, why is he thinking in quotation marks? It seems, quote, simple enough, unquote. That doesn't necessitate... I didn't notice it at first, but um, when I was reading it this morning... Most awesome morning that I've had in weeks. <laughs> um, I read it as he's being sarcastic. He knows it's not going to be simple. Oh. Well, it's not because the dragon prowl comes to life and breathes fire and catches his wings on fire. 
That's no problem. He just flaps his wings and the fire goes out. Right. Then he heads up towards the sail, which has a dragon painted on it. Guess what's going to happen? The dragon comes alive off the sail. Yes, but he knows it. He says, I'll keep a a weather eye on that painted reptile. Still. So these have been, for me, while reading it, the most frustrating three pages because I know Hawkman to be the feathered fury, just a warrior, and he races in. He's like, let me try the oars. He gets his butt kicked. Let me try the deck. He gets his butt kicked. Let me try the rudder. Butt kicked. Let me try the, uh, what's he call it, the dragon prow. Mm-hmm. Butt kicked. And none of it is with art that really is dynamic or action-packed. Right. Um, it's still very good, very nice art, but it just doesn't have the dynamism that Gil Kane it's has. It's very last week. academic, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, you know why he's getting his butt kicked? Because Hawk Girl's not there. <laughs> it's true. There is a lot of instances where Hawkman goes in swinging and gets taken out, um, especially in Hero Clicks. <laughs> which we have got to play. Okay. But um, I, I just found this frustrating, and then I realized, it, well, I mean, there's a message here, and that is he's not giving up, especially when you read things like body bruised, hands singing. Right. Um, he keeps going. Let me try every possible way. So, part three, splash page. Hawkman is encircled by the tail of the reptile creature that's come popped off of the sail. Using his belt in a way I didn't know he could use to make himself super heavy. Oh, yeah. So he's dragging the reptile down. And this is the page that's worthy of Yes, this is... Uh, right here. This is a good drawing. Full extension of the wings. A threatening-looking monster. Although, it, now that I say it, it looks like it's about to tickle attack him. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, it's like my one weakness not wearing a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I shave all my body hair? So he theorizes that the now super heavy reptile will both cushion his own fall and smash through the deck of the ship, which it does. The thump. (laughs) (laughs) And his mask comes a little loose. Yeah. You can almost see his eyes peeking out from underneath the mask. If we were... In fact, you can if you zoom in. Oh, my God, Bob. And his eyes are wide with terror. Thank God for pinching zoom. Uh, the ship is breaking up. He's one. Here comes uh, <laughs> Elvidine. I can't remember Alvet. her name. Alvit. Hey, Hawkman. Think smaller chipmunk. <laughs> it's not Alvin. It's Alvit. Uh, here comes my future bride, and if that machine works the way she says it does, I'm sunk. Another nice shot with her coming at him in his pose there. Yep. 
He's almost reclining in midair. And then Kurt Schaffenberger interrupts our brain yep, flow. with the Tycho ad. Uh, it's so... Usually you would have more ads than that. Mm-hmm. It's just a one-page ad, which looks like it's part of a story. Anyway... Hawkman has one means of protecting himself against the mind control machine. He's going to think only of his wife. And she prepares to attack him with the kiss of immortality. (laughs) I mean, that would be all right, I guess. (laughs) Kiss me, Hawkman. Do not keep me waiting. He's thinking, Shara, 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 it's you I love, only you. Give me the strength to resist. He opens his eyes, and there is Shara. His mental image of her has been so strong that she's appeared. Oh, wait, but it's really her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's pissed. Uh, She is real. She yanks Alvit away from her husband. You cheated. And slaps what? Because her name is written right there. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Smacks her. Not even the courtesy of a punch. Nope. No weapon used. Just an open hand smack in the face. Uh, This will teach you not to come raiding Earth for husbands. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing my mother would have said. (laughs) She should have snatched her bald-headed. Makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> but uh, the slap will do. Oh, the dog's barking. Uh, hurry, honey, let's get out of this place, she says then to Hawkman. She still has the absorbus gun slung around her neck. He doesn't know the way out. He was unconscious when he arrived. Yeah. Now, how did Hawk Girl get there without being unconscious? She's Hawk Girl. Okay. Uh... That's right, you don't know how to get out of here, but I have the Absorbus gone, and when I turned it on, I learned uh, she has to eat the wonder food of Alfheim <laughs> to remove the effects of the time-space warp. So she got high. Right. It <laughs> was like, I know what'll fix this. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Hall of Husbands, uh, Alvit. I got it. Excellent. Alvit melts all of her ex-husbands and sends them out to battle Hawkman. Which I thought they might have like a question or two before. Nope. Uh, because they've all been mind-controlled gotcha. by the mind-control machine. Uh, they all fly out in formation. Now, who's she flying with? Do they all have wings? And they're all riding beasts of winged oh, natures. Oh, okay. She's got a whole stable of flying horses. And a whole stable of men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so luckily Hawkgirl has used the Absorbiscon to probe the minds of everyone who lives in the interior world. And she knows exactly how to get out. Can we talk about Hawkgirl's earrings? Let's talk about Hawkgirl for a minute. Because yeah. it's very frustrating. She's so cool. Her helmet is awesome. Yes. The earrings are gigantic. Yes. And awesome. Yes. She's using her brain and the absorbiscon and 
just the entire rest of the DC universe seems to downgrade her for the longest time. Yes. Um, she wasn't in JLA 200, which is no. one of the greatest crimes of mankind. Uh-huh. Uh, and she really wasn't ever given her due until the Justice League animated series. Correct. You know what I secretly wish? And Superman didn't want her in the damn JLA. What? Superman is all like, we can't have too many members, then we'll just be an army, and we can't duplicate powers. Excuse me, you have everyone's powers. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, one of my very favorite stories ever was uh, DC Comics Presents with Superman and Hawkgirl mm-hmm. when they discovered an ancient Kryptonian crypt on Earth which had a... Well, I don't remember it. But Superman was getting sucked into a black hole and Hawkgirl had to save him using only her wings. It's awesome. Also, my first exposure to Hawkgirl, besides the Super Friends, was an issue of Wonder Woman where uh, Wonder Woman was at the funeral of Steve Trevor and Hawkgirl just happened to be there visiting the Smithsonian or something and walked by and saw her and said, Hey, Wonder Woman, why didn't you tell us that your boyfriend was dead? And then they had a little team-up adventure. That's awesome. It was awesome. I remember that cover. I've never, I've never read that book. It's a great cover. Also... Yeah, so truly a um, unfulfilled character. Yes. Uh, I wished, uh, in hindsight, that Hawkman had died in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then that Hawkwoman had been put forward as a major character. Well, I would have screamed and cried and kicked. Uh, sure, sure, time, you would. But I can see your point. <laughs> I never could uh, draw her helmet. I was big into drawing superheroes when I was a kid, yeah. and... Could never draw her helmet. Um, she is actually the first time I ever drew a boob. Okay. It was when I was trying to draw a hot girl because previous to that I had just drawn, you know, straight torsos mm-hmm. for men, women, whatever. So, yeah, it was an artistic evolutionary <laughs> moment. <laughs> we'll call it that. I had a similar moment while drawing the Submariner. <laughs> His ears, his pointed ears. Uh huh. <laughs> what else is pointy? I'll never tell. <laughs> At dizzying speed, the hawk couple departs, darting through the Bifrost mists onto the surface of Earth, where the Earth is in ruins. Uh, they've gone into the future world after Earth's destruction by alien invaders. Luckily, they know just what to look for. Weapons. Futuristic weapons. Yep. They, they like a theme. Uh, so they grab an armload of futuristic weapons and head back to the center of the Earth. Just in time to meet the invading army of ex-husbands. Yep. Uh, Hawkgirl's just slinging this Absorbiscon around like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. She's going to learn all the secrets. Why couldn't she just learn all the secrets ahead of time? She didn't know there was a secret to learn until they went uh, into the thing and she found out that they stayed at her. And she's like, I'll fix this shit. Uh, So these ex-husbands 
are he- taking off after Hawkgirl, thinking that she is a rival for Queen Alphabet. The ex-husbands want Queen Alphabet back. Am I reading that correctly? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can win Queen Alphabet for myself. I like her the way she thinks. Yes. yes. As long as these warriors are immortal, I may as well discharge this weapon at full power. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. <laughs> is that how immortality works? Uh, does it protect you from all harm, or is I, it just... I feel like she doesn't care. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like she's like, let's stop here in midair and have this debate. <laughs> so, uh, Hawkgirl's headed back through the Bifrost Mists, Urging Hawkman to follow her, lest they be separated in time when they emerge on the other side. Hawkman takes one last second. <laughs> this is this is an awesome breakdown of the characters where Hawkgirl's using her brain. Uh-huh. She figures out the, what the Absorber's going on, how to get back to the right thing. She shoots the immortal guys. Then Hawkman flies in to hit two guys with the gun rather than shoot at them. Right. And pauses to box the boxer. (laughs) She's like, come on. Just go through with me or we might emerge years apart. And he's like, I just couldn't resist throwing a knockout punch of my own. I really wish there was an action figure of this boxer wearing boxing gloves (laughs) atop a winged horse. (laughs) It took him forever to mount that horse. come on the other side with uh, Big Red waiting for them. He's very surprised that they made it back. Tweet, tweet. They have come back. This is an odd thing to say. Hawkman comes out and says, I hope you noticed I didn't do any backseat driving. Because she knew the direction. Exactly. (laughs) Men. They destroy the Bifrost Mists Helping make the world safe for lovers everywhere is her only concern. (laughs) (laughs) I read that as sarcasm. Yeah. So they fly up to their spaceship. (laughs) Back to the Phalic Mobile. By the way, honey, I didn't have a chance to tell you, but a mind machine came close to splitting up our marriage. Well... Here's why she's awesome. She knew that all along. She turned the machine off before she even appeared. And her eyes, which cannot possibly be eyes, are slid to the Uh side. Seductively. Um, I suppose you did something ingenious, darling, to prevent the machine from working on you. This is something that uh, Blondie Bumstead would do. Set him up. Come up with an idea and then make it seem like it was all his idea. Oh, no. She's trying to trap him. Right. Uh, She's going to wait till he finishes his boast. Then she'll tell him that she was the one that shut off the machine. To show my big husband how valuable a helpmate I am to him. Well, if he doesn't know that already, after just this one issue... And at this point, he's been admitted to the league, but she has not. Right. She helps, though, sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Very infrequently, but yeah. 
So he tells her the uh, secret is that he told himself over and over how much he loved her and that theirs was a love that nothing could conquer. So she doesn't know what to believe. Was it really his love that conquered the machine or was it her? Spoiler alert, it was her. <laughs> she, uh, she goes from being a strong warrior-like yep. to kind of melted by his honest feelings. Um, I love that ending. All the red background with uh-huh. the pink hearts everywhere and the kissy-kissy. I think that them being married was one of the best parts of that uh, Hawkman concept. Yes. They use medieval weapons. They're alien police. They um, fight crime together. They have a spaceship. I mean, I never understood why the book would not consistently sell. I just have one question. Who does the cooking? In the 70s, there's an issue of the Secret Society of Supervillains where Captain Comet is in their ship visiting. Yes. And there is an emergency. And Hawkman is in the other room cooking them chili that he got a recipe from Ollie. So they don't even tell him. (laughs) Hawkgirl and Captain Comet go earthward and fight the Secret Society. Nice. And are back before the chili's done. Awesome. (laughs) Well, that answers that. That's a good 10 years away from this story, though. Right. All right. Anything else about Hawkman that you are desperate to tell us? Just that this is awesome, and I don't understand why A, the Atom, and B, Hawkman uh, can't be viable characters today. Well, I guess the new Hawkman book is supposed to be really, really good. I haven't uh, caught up on it, but I have been buying it. Okay. Um, you will return and let us know, I hope. Yes. Um, we we should do a one-off episode for things like the Aquaman movie. <gasps> You're so clever. Maybe the uh, the Hawkman. And our idea from last week where we have the Checkered Podcast laugh. Yes. <laughs> Can you blow a fruit down on top <laughs> of the bowl that you're stuck in? Um, you're seeing Aquaman early, aren't you? I am. Lucky. I am. Amazon Prime members, uh, and they had a deal where you could see it on December 15th. So. Well, I'm an Amazon Prime member. Well, Nobody told me about it. Get your tickets. Um, what else was I going to say? You were going to comment that the Adams letter column from last week was into the Adams. Yes. But Hawkman's is Hawkman's Roost. <laughs> I think they had a sub-theme. <laughs> um, Hawkman and Adam both had their own magazines in the 60s, which both apparently stopped selling well. Because they, for the final issues, they combined them into, was it Adam and Hawkman or Hawkman and Adam? Uh, they kept Adam's numbering, okay. but the book's title was Hawkman and the Adam. In which Adam and Hawkman teamed up. And they did the same for Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Right. Although Green Arrow didn't have a book. This was when superheroes' sales were slumping in the wake of the Batmania die down. Right. Which ended up with none of them having a book. Ha ha. Not really. (laughs) 
No, Green Lantern kept going, right? No, they canceled Green Lantern. But it came back in the 70s as Green Lantern Green Arrow. It was almost the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was almost the 80s before he had his own book. But Green Lantern Green Arrow was more like 75, 76. Yeah. So there were several years where Green Lantern was just a backup story in Flash. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it, very painful. <laughs> There's one part of DC Comics history where it was Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Flash, and JLA, and and the, but then they started pounding out the haunted titles and the westerns and the army and the army books, the army books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks like we have a letter here from Dave Cockrum. What? There's a letter from Dave Cockrum. Wait, where? Oh, wow. Yeah. Dave Cockrum was an uh, influential comics artist, recently deceased. Well, not so recently. A couple of years, right? Anyway, he co-created the new X-Men, which uh, you'll recognize from popular movies such as The X-Men. <laughs> and Wolverine. And Wolverine, yes. But he this... didn't create Wolverine, but he included Wolverine in the new X-Men. This last paragraph is awesome. I must admit, however, that another reason for my liking the Shrike is the sneaking suspicion that I was in part responsible for the creation of the character. Some months ago, I sent you a sketch of a proposed Hawkman foe called the Black Shrike. Perhaps I'm wrong, but it's fun anyway. I've seen that one's efforts inspire outstanding work like the Shrike Strikes at Night. I smell a lawsuit. And they responded, as you surmised, the Shri- as you caught us, the Shrike was inspired by your sketch, and in appreciation, we have sent you Murphy Anderson's original cover. Huh. And the same deal applies for any other accepted cover ideas. I guess there must be some kind of blanket statement somewhere that says if you send anything to us, it's ours. Well, I never used uh, my sketch of a dude who didn't have hands. He had maces instead. <laughs> I sent to them in the mid-80s. I'm still waiting. Um, well, they never used my idea of a teenage girl who had super strength and dressed like Hercules. Her name was Hercules. <laughs> Shut up. It's a good idea. <laughs> That's freaking awesome, right? Bob. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't well, she a member of the Legion of Substitute Heroes? <laughs> no. I'm stuck on the dress like Hercules. Like Marvel's Hercules? Or no, she had like a little toga. <laughs> oh. No. I said teenage girl, Chuck. Oh, I missed that part. You and your drawings. <sighs> anyway. You can find us on social media at GoGoJackPod.com. Don't forget to rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find Chuck on Instagram at AquaDCD. Uh, and uh, if you want to hire either one of us, we are both on the market. <laughs> we will be discussing Silver and Bronze Age comic books with you till, the, till your eyes roll back in the back of your head. Yeah. Uh, we're available for DC role playing games. Uh, Chuck is a whiz at spreadsheets. <laughs> Bob sings. Yep. Sometimes for presidents. Yes. And sometimes when they're dead. Exactly. Uh, well, that's all I have for this time. Anything else?
Not right now. Let's go play with Hawkman action figures. Okay. Thanks for joining us. You'll be back, I'm sure. I did make a superpowers hawk girl out of a Wonder Woman. Yeah? Have I seen that? I don't know, but (gasps) I painted it, and then I didn't know what to do with the wings. So I cut them out of a cardboard box. Oh, I have seen that, yeah. (laughs) My cardboard winged hawk girl. (laughs) I couldn't not have a hawk girl. Come on. Right. Anyway, that's all. Bye! Bye!